Hello, uh, this is a new episode of uh, podcast uh, from my book binding. Today our guest is uh, Rita Udina from, uh, uh, from Barcelona, Spain. Uh, she's a, a paper and book conservator and uh, we're going to talk about uh, her projects, about some questions related to book conservation and uh, restoration, paper conservation and restoration and answer some questions. Hi Rita. Nice to have you at my studio. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for agreeing to join this uh, project. When I introduced you on uh, on Facebook and on Instagram, I wrote that you are a book and paper conservator. But then I, I checked your website, and uh, you wrote in uh, our discussion that you are paper and book conservation, and, and that's that's an interesting point because you're paper conservator paper conservator first and uh, book conservator next. <laughs> Well, at both, I I like both the same in the same degree, and I think I'm yeah I'm good at the same level on both. Yeah, okay, okay. I just I just wanted to clarify this because yeah for 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 some cases that may be really important because uh, we discussed with Eliana uh, last week that uh, some of the conservators are uh, not really uh, bookbinders. And uh, uh, this can be a trouble for them to to do bookbinding parts of work because they are uh, they are working with paper conservation or leather conservation or some other cloth conservation, but they are not professionals who are working with uh, bookbinding uh, elements of the process. Yeah, I, I consider myself paper and book conservator or book and paper conservator, and I, I of course know a lot about bookbinding. But I don't consider myself a bookbinder. Yeah. I think I, I am much better conserving books than yeah. binding them. But <laughs> yeah, I work and bind. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to ask you first, how, how did you... Uh, was it your first profession? Did you study to become a conservator? How, how does it work? Because my three pre previous guests were, were not taught professionally in the beginning to be uh, book professionals. Uh, uh, ben Elbel was the closest one because uh, he was uh, uh, he was an uh, art and design student and uh, almost right after the school he started to, uh, to do bookbinding. But uh, uh, Todd Davis and, uh, and Eliane, uh, they weren't uh, book professionals right from the beginning. They had completely different careers. So how was it for you? I studied uh book and paper conservation in a, in a school here in Barcelona. Yeah. And yeah, and then I improved myself in book binding yeah. because that topic was seen only from the surface. So I, I realized I needed to know a lot more yeah. of book binding. So yeah, but I did study uh, paper and book conservation from the beginning. Can you tell a bit more about, about your current projects, about your studio? Um, how long are you working? What are your sure. main focus? Yeah, I uh, I will do um, a tour to my studio. Yeah, great. So that you see it, and and I will show you the the projects I have. Some of them are finished, and some of them it's things I am currently working on, and some of them I I still need to start. Yeah. So let's do the tour. And how's it? How's it now during the lockdowns and uh, and uh, all this stuff? Are the new projects coming, or you have uh, plenty of old projects uh, to work with? Well, unfortunately, many uh, projects 
have been stopped. Yeah. I had to do two courses and they they are the two of them postponed, I hope. I hope not cancelled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Many other projects have uh, been postponed as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a bit tricky, but I have also received uh, things from the post from yeah. private collectors, but yeah, yeah not really a massive amount of work. <laughs> okay, okay. It's, it's good that some people still want to want their books to be uh, bound, repaired and done during these times. Yeah, yeah, because people have time and they, you know, they have time to check on their things. So, well, so this is uh, the street yeah. where my studio is. So you see that's the door. Yeah. So. Hold on. Okay, so welcome to my studio. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay, wonderful. <coughs> vale, this is my studio. So here I have the stuff uh, I, I receive, books that uh, are uh, to be done or that, I, that are already done. Yeah. This is my super vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> how I come to work. And uh, here's a... I have this metal thing with magnets, so I can take the photos of the paper things in here. Okay, that's nice. See, it's, it's, it's really comfortable to, yeah. to work on the, on the surface. Guillotine, a chopping board. Okay, this, this is a huge beast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I have moved three times with this. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I don't have to move anymore. <laughs> but, so, well, here's a, a bit of a table to take the photos and all that. So I'm really, after moving three times, I'm, I'm really happy to have a table that I can work sit on it. Yeah. And the table that I can work standing. Oh, because, yeah. Because uh, you know that uh, you don't always need to be sitting. So that was one of my <laughs> main interests. Yeah, that's true. That's true. In in my old workshop, I had uh, two tables uh, that were high and two tables that were lower, and uh, I could work standing or sitting depending on on the project, and that that, that was really good. And and the other thing was that uh, all all the students are for di are of different heights, so some students preferred higher tables and some students preferred lower tables. So that was quite useful for me as well. <laughs> yeah. Here I have two backing presses. Yeah. With this one, you can as well uh, trim the edges of the book. Okay, so it, it has a plow. Yeah, yeah, I see. I see a guide for a plow. So here I have a storage uh, space and stuff. And, well, some. And that, that's, that's a nice press there. Ah, yeah, that's a. It's, it's so small yeah. that I use it mostly as a weight yeah. rather than a press. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a similar one that I use as a, as a weight a lot. <laughs> so here I have some brushes and tools. So here's a, a, an artwork I'm currently working at. This is a print, yeah. a watercolor print. And I need to work on this. I don't know. On the folds? Well, yeah, now it's it's all wrinkled because I washed it, but you see this this stain? Yeah. 
I need to work on that. Okay. So some sort of discoloration or something. Yeah, this this was in fact bound on a book. Yeah. So that's that's how it was placed. And now you don't see it, but here there was a, a concertina. Okay. Oh, I see. To the book. And the glue of the concertina uh, protected from oxidation. Yeah. So, in fact, the stain is the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. See, so it's, it's a sort of reverse stain. Yeah. But now, but now you will need to make it uh, similar to all the other portions of the of the map, or. or... I got this print on its own. Yeah. So the owner got it uh, alone. Yeah. And, and I, because of this stain, I suspect it belonged to a book. Yeah. But I, yeah. I do not have the book. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, we, we only have it. <laughs> yeah. Pre pretty large book that was. Oh, yeah, yeah. And really nice. So that's the, let's say, the dry area. I, I also have another press here. Yeah. And here, this one is not really big either. I have uh, a drawing I can show you. That this one is just restored. It's a pencil drawing. Okay. Wow. Nice. It was in much worse condition, of course. <laughs> <laughs> You can see the, the image of the previous stage. Yeah. So so this is the, um, I call it the dry area. I have also a drawer with a remakes and paper. And here... That's you know, that's a nice usage of space uh, under, under the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have plenty of space, but it's better to use it smartly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So this is the wet area, that's a, a leaf casting machine, and I use this to do uh, infills with a pulp. Yeah. So uh, I can send you a video uh, because I cannot really um, do it with one hand. Yeah, 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 sure, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> But yeah, I can show you that. I have here a sink. Uh, well, I would say I was about to say a big sink, but it's never big enough. So no matter what size it is, <laughs> you would like to have it bigger. Yeah. But, but it, it's a good thing. So the sink and some jars, and here I have stuff to prepare the paste and. Here I prepared some things for the pulp that uh, I can show you later. Great. And here I have uh, well, a cupboard for the solvents. Yeah. And someone asked about this. So yeah. Some other solvents <laughs> that I use for uh, stain removal. Yeah. And I have a caribari here. That it's I it's also... Have. It's also a really nice collection of bottles and, uh, and other things. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to, when I have the occasion, I like to buy nice <coughs> bottles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I will go back to the, um, ah, yeah, and I, I, I have a sort of a 
here's the, where the boss is, upstairs. Yeah. And uh, it's the, <laughs> my dispatch. Hey, you! That's the door! And so I will show you some objects I, I have uh, now um, that I have been working on. So these are two register books. These are the original bindings. Yeah. It's um, oof, I, I don't know the name for that. Well, these sort of books that collect information on where people live. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know it as well. Register ledgers, I don't know. Yeah, register ledgers. Yeah. So these were really much damaged, and now they have been uh, lined and reinforced every single folio. Yeah. And I have to do a new binding for this because, well, I, I will keep the label and. Maybe this paper, but you see the the binding was not really the best. Yeah. And this other one, the binding was completely torn. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense that we keep this in terms of conservation because you don't want to... I mean, the, the goal in this case is to have the folios in the best condition. Yeah. Since it's documents that are very much handled and people check on them significantly often. Yeah. So here's a, a small book that I have to work on and... A ver, I don't know if you see. It has tapes, can you see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is why I need the solvents to remove the tapes. And there are some tears, so I... I need to do a new binding for this because there is no binding. Yeah. So I also do bindings, but uh, I mostly do conservation. Yeah. So I have here this other book. I really like it. It's really nice. It's a small one on leather. And uh, you can see here the previous image that it has um, a map that was completely torn and damaged. Yeah. So this is the, well, these are the original labels that we removed from the spine because it has the gilding and well, we, we didn't want to have the gilding it, damaged. It, these were some library labels or, or, or something like that? Yeah, this book belongs to uh, an engineer's, uh, the, the University of Barcelona Engineering Faculty. Yeah. And it's a chemistry book. So here's chemistry book. Where is the map? Here's the map. So here is the map after conservation. So in this case, oops, it's really difficult to do with one hand. So you see now the map is okay. Yeah. But we preferred, we thought it was better to uh, remove the map, which was just placed here with this concertina. So that was the, this is the original concertina. So we just kept the same structure it had. Yeah. But we removed the map, then lined it, and then folded it again. Because once the holes are done in the wrong place, 
it's really difficult to repair. Yeah. I mean, there is always that tendency to, to have, and now it doesn't come off the edges, so it will not be damaged, because if it's wrong fault, no, then it, it keeps on damaging. Yeah. So this is done. These are other books that I am working on. These are done as well. And I made these... Um, Protective boxes. Yeah, conservation boxes, because these books... They are very, um, they have not properly a binding. Yeah. This is a, a wrapper, let's say. It's soon uh, in, on a cover, no? So this, yeah. this is not really, it's, it's a single folio. So this is really interesting in terms of historical binding because that's the, the editor's paper yeah. that, that you could buy the book. Yeah. And then each collector or uh, or customer would decide whether to bind it or not. Yeah. So this is an historical thing that we want to keep. But it's not really good in terms of uh, a binding. It's not a binding. And, and the material is quite fragile, I suppose. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. It's a paper pulp. So the book is uncut. Yeah. So we kept that because that's part of the fun thing of this book yeah. that the bolts are uncut and you see this the lost was infilled with paper pulp yeah because there were big losses so in this case these bindings have the issue that they are too heavy to to have this uh, cover so there's a here's another one and they also have the issue that, I, I'm sure you have seen this, that the spine is completely cracked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it has a um, tight spine. Yeah. So what uh, I do, I remove the whole thing and bind it, bind it again, but with a hollow back. I, I hope you will be able to yeah, see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now, when we open the book, um, it's safer for the object. Yeah, it will. It won't be damaged. Yeah. In this case, when we removed the original spine, there was still another one here. <laughs> you see? Okay. So yeah. So we we just kept the other one, and this one only had the back side of the the back cover. Yeah. But not the front one, okay. but uh, it was infilled with a paper pulp as well. So were, were both the spines from the same book or the, the, the second one was just uh, filler or something? This one yeah. was under the one you see now. Yeah. And so it's... See, see, it belongs to the book as well. But the title is the same or, or it's a different title? See? the same title okay that's strange because they have different uh, design these both, both uh, spines See, yes, it's curious it's different design but it's the same thing so maybe since the paper is so thin <coughs> yeah. it just came off and they just put another one yeah and this is another example of the same thing and this is just uh, in the process so i made this sort of uh flaps and i think this is really interesting because yeah. That's the piece that allows me to 
to attach the original covers onto the book yeah. without making a tight spine. Yeah. So I do a, a sewing. Yeah, not. Yeah. I do a sewing on top of the original and this piece. So the sewing is sewn onto this piece, and this piece is the one which is attached on the covers. And what's the so material? Here, this is uh, Japanese tissue. Okay. But you can see it here in this one, which is done. It's this part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in thicker books, we could do that as well with um, remake. So I just, uh, well, I just have a PowerPoint presentation uploaded on my YouTube channel in which I explain how to do this. Yeah. And these are the original covers that were very much damaged and well, I, I still need to infill them with, with the pulp. Oh, yeah, so, so they're, they're waiting for a bit more work done on them. <laughs> so once I have the covers, I will place them on the original book without attaching the spine. Yeah. So, yeah, this is another example of a similar thing, and that's another damage they commonly have. The sewing has only two stays, and it's yeah. very... Yeah, the, the, the thread degraded and... Uh... Yeah, and, and it doesn't have any thongs. So this is why uh, there is a secondary sewing to yeah. reinforce the original as well. Yeah. Okay, so here's another book and this one is done, but I will show you the image of the previous stage. Yeah. It, it was horribly damaged with woodworm all over and losses on the parchment. Yeah, so it's, it's parchment a, cover, yeah? Yeah, this is a limb, pelum binding. Yeah. It's from 1353, 55, so it's from the 14th century. And I really like this binding <laughs> because it has um, a rolled sewing yeah. onto different stays yeah. with leather tackets. Yeah. And this roll sewing, well, it's not that common, so I, I really like it. We had to uh, redo it again, so I will just. And what are the? Oh, okay. The, the, the stitches on the on the side of the of the cover are are. Uh, uh, See, this is keeping the folds in place. Uh -huh. These are tackets. These yeah. are parchment tackets yeah. to um to hold together the. The fold, yeah. The, the turnings. Yeah. Yeah. So there are also inner parchment packets. These are new. Yeah. And that's the book after infilling with the, all the losses. And well, if you have a leaf casting machine for this type of projects, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> because you see the, I mean, the, the losses. Yeah, lots of losses. And many losses. So we kept the same structure the book had. And uh, here are the inner parchment packets. Yeah. And they are also new? Yeah, these are new because the originals had too much woodworm damage to, oh. to keep on doing their function. Yeah. 
they were all broken. So <clears throat> we have just replaced them and we gave back, I mean, we are giving back the original parts of the sewing in a conservation box so that it can be studied. Yeah. But this re reproduces exactly what it had. Well, exactly, but without damage. And this is the last page, and all this part is new. Oh, okay. So this, is, this is not parchment. This is paper that I just toned with pastels okay. and glue. And, and we also reproduced the tackets for the, turn, the turnings. So that, that's how it looks from... So, I mean, it's not exact, but, but it, it looks good. And, well, the good thing... I think the most important in these dramatic cases is that now you can handle the book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can you can work with it. Yeah, you you. I mean, it's not an issue to to work on on the book. That's that's something oh. that we discussed with uh, with Eliane uh, last week. That's uh, one of the most important, uh, or maybe two of the most important uh, aspects of. Uh, uh, restoration and conservation are to protect it for the future and to make it accessible for use because often uh, the books are falling apart and you just can't use them at all without damaging the book even more. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I think other types of artifacts, such as paintings, it, they don't involve this handling need. Yeah. You can, uh, the approach regarding criteria can be much different, but a book, you need to be able to flip the pages yeah. at least. Yeah. So there, there are some concessions you need to do in order to allow this flipping of the pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> okay, so here's uh, two other books that I think you will like very much because someone asked about uh, tricky, tricky things. Yeah. So these are. Wonderful books. It's the encyclopedia, and as you can see, it's a leather binding yeah. with a cat's paw decoration. I think it was made with ferrosulfate, and this is the original binding of this uh, encyclopedia. Yeah. And it has the most amazing uh, plates and decoration. So it's, 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 it's a fantastic... It's metal works or something? What? This oh, it's a, different uh, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's, it's a wonderful book. So this is one of the, I think there are 30, 30 volumes of the encyclopedia. Yeah. Not all of them have plates, yeah. but this one has, has the plates. So this is the original binding of this particular volume. Yeah. And the owner acquired another one which didn't have any binding. Yeah. So he asked me to sort of reproduce and this is what I did. The thing is that this, the cat's paw, I did not use um, ferrous sulfate. Yeah. So it doesn't look, well, now I... I'm not quite satisfied because a conservator is <laughs> fully satisfied <Yeah. laughs> by definition. But yeah, I mean, this is the, the reproduction. So I uh, used um, 
I tainted the edges because I I trimmed a bit this original book, which was a, a bit uh, bigger. Yeah. And Adeora, I don't know if you can see the end band. Yeah, yeah. And so this is the original one, which it. I mean, the original uh, end band was not uh, fantastic either. So we reproduced the end band in a in a similar way. So this is sort of a forgery, yeah. <laughs> because it somehow pretends to do what uh, what it's not. Also. Well, I, I'd say it's an imitation because... Uh, yeah, it's an imitation, <laughs> of course. But depending on who you ask, I mean, for me it's clear that this is new. Yeah. For you, it's clear as well. Yeah. No? But uh, I also got other issues from the same owner, yeah. which has an original binding that was completely different to this one. It was a limp vellum binding. And he wanted me to remove the original binding and change it and do something like this. Yeah. And I said no, because the, the original limp vellum binding that you have, is it's really worth. I mean, you don't want to remove it. It will be much less valuable. Yeah. He insisted and insisted and insisted on, on me uh, changing the replacing the old binding, the original one, yeah. a new one. So after struggling a lot, it was a, a real effort to convince <laughs> the owner, I came across a, a solution because in that case, I also had to trim the edges, which had um, a sort of a marbling. Yeah. The edges were painted and I said, no, you don't want me to trim. <laughs> and he said, yes, I want you to do that. And yeah. I said, no, 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 no. Yeah. So at the very end, I could convince him and he agreed for me to do a sort of a jacket for the bindings. So the new jacket had the spine similar to the others. So once on the shelf, oh. you, you could think yeah. that all the were the same. It masks that, it. Yeah. That was his main concern, that the shelf Look nice. <laughs> well, yeah, there are there are people uh, for for whom uh, the, the how how the shelf looks is the most important thing about the books. <laughs> yeah. But it was a shame because the original binding was amazing. I yeah. mean, I I really liked that binding, but at the end I succeeded in convincing him not to do it yeah. because I I would have felt horrible. Yeah. I guess I guess I will read this question you you sort of answered already because uh, uh, just to mention the person who asked it uh, and it was Janet Mente and uh, she asked do private clients ever ask you to restore a rare book in a way that is against modern philosophy of restoration that is recreating a book as to pure restoration I hope that is a clear question so yeah you you sort of already answered this question because yeah they do it happens it happens but I think there is always a way to convince the owner not to do it. Yeah. I mean, if you, I told him, look, the edges are beautiful, the end bands are beautiful, the, the binding is the original. I mean, if, and at the end, I, I think I convinced him, telling him that it would be much less valuable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so if you sell this with a new binding, yeah. it will cost not even half the price yeah and he said okay 
<laughs> yeah, for some for some this reasoning works, but not not for everybody. And uh, Oof, it's difficult. I know. I know some professionals who wouldn't agree to to work on on the projects like this, and uh, uh, if the client insists, they they just tell, okay, uh, I wouldn't do this work at all. And uh, uh, and sometimes these clients find bookbinders or book professionals who are ready to make these changes. And um, yeah, I'd say that's a bit unfortunate because uh, we're losing part of history with it and uh, and it goes against many principles of many many uh, institutions and uh, that are working in in the field of conservation and uh, restoration so yeah but yeah that's how it is yeah yeah absolutely and even if for instance these books that i removed the labels because uh, you see this book yeah. it had the labels but well i thought the gilding was worth not to have the label. <laughs> so here I always give back whatever I am not using yeah. to the owners. No? So that's a sort of palliative you can do in these situations in which it's not clear what fits better. Yeah. But, and then that's their decision what to do with it. Yeah, but the problem is that I know the this belongs to a library, they are very serious, uh, it's a historical library and they will keep that. Yeah. But if I do this with some private owner, they will just throw it. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So I will show you because someone asked about the pulp thing, no? how, how to do the pulp. Yeah, yeah and I, I, will, I will read the question then. Uh, uh, it's... Ah. It's a question from uh, from Tzvi Lieberman. Uh, uh, how do you restore gaps in pages using paper pulp? And uh, uh, he asked a similar question uh, uh, last week to Eliane, and we discussed that uh, one should probably not do that without special equipment, because if you are trying to make infills just with your, your own hands, uh, you will get a very uneven surface and and the result. So the best solution, if if you are not, if you do not have access to professional equipment, the best solution is to use uh, something like Japanese paper or something to reinforce the the gaps. Yeah, I I have uh, some examples here that I will show you. So here's a a mock-up. So this is a a paper. I think it's clear that this is the loss. Yeah. So this is infilled with a leaf casting machine and I myself produced the paper departing from these other two so that I could match the color. Yeah. So that that's the pulp I obtained and here's well the calculations I do departing yeah. from yeah. this to produce the paper. So if you do it by hand, you can do that as well, but the problem is that you cannot match the thickness. So I, I can do a mock-up for you. So here I have a um, mixer. Yeah. So this is a mixer. And for instance, I have uh, a paper with, um, with holes that I want to infill. And these are my paper bulbs that I can use for that. Yeah. So I put the pulp in the mixer with some water. I oof, I cannot do this without with one hand. But let me try. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, I can. So I just put. 
I give it a, a bit of a smash. Yeah. And then I have my my ready pulp to use. So now I I go to the sink. Yeah, I think you will see it like this. I use uh, so first. This is my paper. I need to wet it. Eh? Yeah. Mean, you, you don't work that messy with an original. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it just it just to show during the podcast. Yeah, it's it's so, it's not yeah, real real job. <laughs> yeah. So I have my paper. I put the paper on a remay, and here I have the pot. This is a, a pharmacy pier that is used uh, for children to clean their ears or whatever. Yeah. So it's yeah. a pharmacy pier. So I just take the bulb with a pier and can you see? Yeah. So I keep on doing layers and layers of the bulb. I I could do that as well on a um, I must do on a suction table. Yeah, yeah. So this, as you can see, I mean, you need to be very much skilled to have um, even layers. Uh, yeah, no, because well, now I, I'm holding the phone with one hand, so it's not <laughs> yeah, the it's... best way to work. But I mean, you can do this by hand, but it could work only for really small losses because you see that it's really difficult to get an even result yeah. and you you don't really match the thickness yeah but if you have a leaf casting machine you get a, a fantastic result you just put the paper here and then let the grid down the pulp comes out from from here yeah then you put the suction and you don't have to literally go through every single area yeah. so the machine does it so yeah i i strongly i mean it, it's really good when you have books like the ones i showed you that have lots and lots and lots of losses yeah if you have only one loss it's not worth to use the machine because it's it's a huge effort to i mean the setting of the whole thing, it's time consuming as well. So it's not worth to do for a single, a yeah. single loss. And for small losses, you use uh, Japanese tissue. And I have here another example. So for instance... Yeah, but then, but then the machine is, I guess it's pretty expensive equipment. So it's not that uh, every hobby is <laughs> can, can, can buy it. <laughs> It's horribly expensive, yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's really expensive. So, yeah, I mean, of course. And, and I only bought it because I need it to, for a particular project. 
For 15 years, I have been a conservator without a leaf casting machine, and I mean, I could leave. Yeah. But for, for some projects, you really need it. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So, yeah, I think I mostly showed you around all, all the studio. Yeah. So just to just to I guess uh, finalize with this question, you can use leaf casting machine, but yeah, that's an expensive equipment. You can do it by hand, but it's it's tricky and it's hard, and it's even it becomes trickier and harder for larger holes and uh, a larger uh, lost uh, parts of paper. It's a tricky process, and uh, for for many uh, book restorer and the people who repair books, uh, the solution is to use Japanese paper to to make the infills. Yeah, Japanese paper, I mean, it works fantastic, most of the cases. Yeah. yeah. I, I can show you, for instance, the register books. We did not use the leaf casting machine because there were not so many holes. There were only a few. Yeah. So it was not worth. So here, you see yeah. this? This is the infill. Okay. So I'm not going to use the leaf casting machine for such small infills. Yeah. So in this case, there is the, the infill and there is a, a lining on the two sides okay. with, uh, with Japanese tissue because the paper is really brittle. So yeah, it's not always worth to have the, the machine, of course. Yeah, it's, it's always a balance of uh, time, money and result. You, you always need to consider all these aspects. Okay, so uh, should we move to some other questions? How 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 do you feel about it? Yeah, yeah, you ask. So you you told that it may be interesting to discuss uh, the uh, we partly already touched the question of uh, balance between conservation, restoration, and uh, including new parts uh, in in the old bindings or new 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 cases and that stuff. And that that's that's really interesting and important question because. As, as we talked before, some people want to have absolutely new bindings on, on old objects and uh, oftentimes it it's just ruins the, the old book. But uh, then uh, for in some cases it's just uh, there, are, there is no other way but to replace some, some elements of the book. So what's, what's the balance? How do you find it? <laughs> because yeah. it's, it's sure tricky. Yeah, I think to me in conservation, the trickiest thing is not the technical part, but the, the criteria. Yeah. Decision making, that's the most difficult, because no matter what you choose to do, some people will hate it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but well, if, if you won't do things because uh, somebody will hate it, you will just do nothing. Because, yeah. That's, uh, see, so... I always try to do things that I am satisfied with. Yeah. Because you, you, I mean, so I think there is no formula for that because sometimes if the object is very much historical, you might accept to have it a bit more, a bit more damaged, yeah. but less touched. Yeah. Whereas sometimes it needs to, uh, it will go through a more aggressive or intensive handling yeah. and then you need to protect the object as a conservator. I mean, you need to count on the fact that they will work on the object. Yeah. So there's no 
formula to find this balance. It's a personal decision that the conservator makes according to the customer needs yeah. and object. And the aspects of the project, so yeah. I cannot reply to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a broad question and uh, yeah, answer differs for, for every project. We talked with, uh, once again, we talked about it uh, with Eliane, that uh, there are many routine aspects of, of the work uh, uh, of a book, book restorer, but I guess uh, with the conservation, it's, it's even uh, worse, I guess, because we, when you have like hundreds of pages uh, you need to make infills uh, into, that's just uh, sounds like some tedious project that takes a lot of time and, uh, uh, and attention uh, from the person. So how do you... What, which parts of these processes you like and which parts you, I don't know, hate or don't like? How, to, how it goes for you? The thing is that I, I really like my job and I don't think there is a part of it that I dislike particularly. Okay. The part that I dislike the most is the business thing. <laughs> to make, yeah, that's okay. the part that I'm really bad at. It. I mean, money thing, the tax. All this, no, I don't like it. But every stage of the process, when you do the condition reports, you enjoy it because, I mean, it, it's not boring because you are getting to know the object. Yeah. No? So, yeah, I, I like to, to see all the details of whatever you have. When you take the previous photographs, you are also approaching to the object in a visual way. When you're doing the after photos, yeah. You are seeing really, you are really All the seeing difference. what you did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's amazing. See, I should not mm, do this a bit better or not. So, yeah, I, I don't think there is a part that I don't like, apart from the business thing, that I hate. <laughs> okay, that, that's that's great. I, I'm a bit I, I'm a bit envious of, of you because uh, yeah, for sure. For for me, it's I for example, I hate uh, packing the orders. Uh, so the orders that come to my shop, uh, I, I like I like designing uh, uh, three making 3D designs and uh, I don't know working with wood when I make some uh, wooden tools or something like that. But what I hate is uh, uh, is packing because it's just it just uh, takes my time and. Uh, I, I just want to have an, an employee who will do all this <laughs> stuff. Oh, I, I would have yeah, someone just to take care about money. Like, okay, you tell me, and I do conservation, and the, yeah, yeah, some parts of the of work are really annoying. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I wanted to tell you is that uh, when when I first saw your uh, website, I was so impressed that you you. Uh, have posts in, in three languages. This just, this is impressive. <laughs> well, impressive? No, it's just a huge amount of time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that's why it's impressive. Well, I, I understand that you you speak and write in three languages uh, uh, because because you 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 live in Barcelona. That's 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 pretty reasonable. But then. Yeah, it just takes three times more, more time. Maybe no, yes. not three times because you already know what you are writing about. But still, translation is. A... You see, you need to link to each one. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But I I wanted uh, the blog to be international, and I'm Spanish uh, native speaker. So for me, it's not an issue to write in Spanish. Yeah. It's, it's a bit of an issue to speak and write in English, but well, <laughs> I do my best. 
And I could have skipped Catalan because everyone who speaks and reads Catalan yeah. can read and speak Spanish. Spanish. Yeah. But it feels really awkward for someone who lives in Catalonia. Yeah. It's like, no, if you speak to your mom not in Russian. Yeah. No. Yeah. You don't speak to your mom in English. Yeah. You speak to her in your mother tongue. So I said, no, I, I will do in Catalan because that's my, I mean, I consider myself bilingual, but yeah. my mother tongue is Catalan. Yeah. And I would feel awkward to skip that. No, no way. Yeah, that's, that's a great reasoning and uh, that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think, and this is another thing that because of the popularity of English in everywhere, yeah. in the scientific language, we are losing a lot of vocabulary. Yeah. And uh, at least in Spanish, it's really common that they use English words for things that we already have a Spanish word. And I think if, if you want your, your work to be scientific and you want to make it clear, you need to explain it properly with the right words. Yeah. So I cannot really do that in English because my level is what it is. But I certainly want to do my best to preserve scientific language, especially in bookbinding, both yeah. in Spanish and Catalan. I mean, that is heritage as well. Yeah. I am a conservator, so we need to preserve that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I had the... Well, this happens with Russian language as well, and uh, that's uh, an interesting topic because uh, uh, since we moved from, from Russia to the Netherlands, in, in some cases it, it, it's, it started to be a bit harder for me and my wife to, to express some things in Russian language because we speak so much more English language and some things are... They are sort of closer in your mind in, in English and some words and some, some topics. So, yeah, I can feel that quite a lot. And... And there was a, uh, one more thing uh, I discussed with uh, Ion Georgescu, uh, uh, the owner of uh, uh, Moar de Hartie. It's a paper mill in, in, in Romania uh, near Bucharest. And uh, uh, he told me an interesting thing that uh, there was a gap in tradition of paper making in Romania. So for, for several decades, uh, the tradition was completely lost. And then uh, in, in the 90s, people started to return to making paper. And uh, uh, some of the terms, some of the words they used, they were uh, just direct translation from English. And he made the research and found that some of these processes had proper uh, names in Romanian language in, in 19th century. And he tries to return these old terms to, to life. And it's a tricky process because many people are already using this, this uh, English, uh, English language calcs or, or something. So, yeah. This happens much more in Spanish yeah. than in Catalan. Because I think Catalan speakers are, all of us are used to switching from one tongue to the other. Okay. Whereas many people who speak Spanish do not speak English. Yeah. And surprisingly, they still much more words for English. Yeah, that, that's, that's a very interesting thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, the next question. Question from Piotr Viteska. What are the popular ways of paper mending in restoration and torn pages? I'm especially curious about the state-of-the-art methods of mending and the ways for determining the paper type for filling the losses. 
I'm just assuming that Filmo Plus R is not the only method and it's also not the best one. I guess we, we touched upon this uh, question just a bit, but uh, yeah, there is there is this part about Filmoplast and uh, state-of-the-art methods. Maybe you can add something. I have Filmoplast. Yeah. But I really use it only to produce housings and this sort of things. Yeah. And whenever I have to mend tears. Yeah. So as, as sort of re reinforcement or, or something like that? or. I, I meant tears with Japanese tissue. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So, so that's that's what I used to mend tears. Tissues, different thicknesses, I mean different colors, starch paste, and that's it. So <laughs> then you, you have the heating spatula which is not absolutely necessary. Yeah. But yeah, I mean you, you don't want to use filmoplast because if you use filmoplast it can happen a bit like when you use a tape, you see here, you see here, this becomes much stiffer. Yeah. At some point, you can produce it, a tear. It can break, here. yeah. You don't want to do that yeah. if you are repairing. So I, I, I rather use Japanese tissue. Yeah, and by the way, that's uh, that's something uh, Eliane uh, sort of showed last week uh, uh, when we were talking about uh, uh, infilling with the Japanese paper. We discussed that you you do not cut Japanese paper for infills with a knife. You you tear it, so you have this uh, gradual uh, gradual move from from Japanese paper surface uh, to the original surface. So it wouldn't uh, break when when it's bent. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thank you. The next one. Question from Hans Christoph Ruber. Two questions. <laughs> uh, uh, the most important topping for me is mold. I'm pretty allergic to it, uh, breathing, and uh, I often run into books that are slightly moldy at the spine, just barely noticeable from a smell, uh, from a slight smell. Uh, reading them at home is impossible. I have to go to a park. Is there anything I can do? And I can relate because. Uh, I work with books, but I have uh, I have allergies to mold, to book dust, book, to to like all the stuff that I'm working with. <laughs> <laughs> so I would suggest him uh, to apply a really smooth um, mold treatment. Yeah. What is recommended is to use a mixture of water and ethanol in the proportion of three seven, three parts of ethanol, seven of water. Yeah. And with this mixture, he can soak uh, gently, I mean, not completely soaking a cloth, and clean the, the edges of the book, as well as the spine or, or whatever parts of the book are moldy. Yeah. Usually it's the spine and the edges. And I, I would only do that. And he should be careful not to damage uh, leather bindings. I mean, if you are using that on a watery solution on a leather binding, yeah. you have to be aware that <laughs> yeah. you need to check first. I mean, you, you don't use liters, just yeah. rub it gently. So I would only do that. And he can as well remove dust if there are vacuums to, to remove dust. So dust removal is very much effective because you're removing all the fungi yeah. in there. Yeah. So these two things. 
understands. Oh yeah, about about the about the uh, using uh, the solution on on leather and other things. It's it's always important not only with leather but with all all the materials you are trying to sort of clean or or something. It's always important to test first before moving to full on uh, working with the material. You can use something like uh, cotton. Yeah. Swap. Cotton yeah, swaps, yeah, you can you can use a cotton swap with with a bit of solution and just test some somewhere in the corner when it's not seen and uh, and all all the same works with uh, with for example when you are uh, repairing some printed uh, or drawn objects you can do this testing in somewhere in the in the uh, on the on the side in the corner of the object or for example dot of the eye you can try to test if dot of the eye would, would be removed with the solution or something because yeah it's it's the most uh, the less visible part of the <laughs> printed sure. object you need to do tests yeah. before whatever you do yeah okay. the second question from hans christoph uh, another thing would be pests bookworms uh, bookworms and etc our national library in vienna uses a recent technology non-invasive with vacuum bags with humidity indicator wherein the book is placed for a few weeks I guess for removing the the pests, uh, so they're vacuuming pests, and unfortunately they refuse to tell me about the system, respectively where to get the bags from. Is this already a known technique? Uh, yeah, you you told a bit about vacuuming, but uh, are there any solutions for, you know, people with uh, small workshops or for people who work at home? Well, um, regarding um, pests and mold, yeah, it is quite. The approach is very much different if you go, let's say, at home or yeah. on a national library. Yeah. In the case of the national library, I guess, I'm not, I mean, it, for many years, they used uh, really strong toxic uh, products yeah. applied on the books. But this is not done anymore because then people who handle the book gets part of that. Yeah. It, really costly and not environmentally friendly yeah so all the toxic procedures are left aside and one of the most common is to work through anoxia so they put the books in in plastic bags and then either they remove air yeah. or they insert nitrogen usually yeah so that uh, there is no oxygen. Yeah. Once you remove the oxygen, whatever biological thing yeah. might it dies. die yeah. at some point. So yeah. you're not using anything. I mean, the air contains already some nitrogen. It's not toxic. Yeah. If you have a, a workshop, I, I don't have a nitrogen bomb. But if I had to do mold treatment very, very often, I don't think it's that horrible to acquire one. Yeah. So you could do that. Or you can as well um, use um, vacuum pumps yeah. to, to do vacuum and then have the same effect. Yeah. So yeah, these are other options. Or you can as well use the water and ethanol solution. No matter what you do, and this is the most important, I mean, there is no product, there is no method, end of these things is to have the conditions properly. Yeah. If you have a lot of humidity, you can put there ethylene oxide, you can put there whatever, no matter lethal you, you apply, you will have mold. Yeah, yeah exactly. And pretty soon. <laughs> and you will have mold. Yeah. 
small is to focus on the conditions of, on the on your environment not to have on the basement if there is damp in the basement i mean there are always different spots of a same place where you can place the objects you can also use wrapping materials i mean there are many preventive things that you can do not to have mold i mean it's not a matter of applying a product yeah. but of thinking what you can do on, on the environment yeah, but then the, there is the other thing. If you have an old uh, book that was molded some, some time ago, but now it's dry, uh, the spores are maybe still in, inside of the book, so it may be still uh, uh, dangerous for, for, for the person who is trying to read the book. Yeah, that's why vacuum is, is very much recommended, because yeah. then you remove all that. Yeah, and then the next question is related to this, <laughs> by the way. Uh, it's a question from Ivan Gulkov. I have a relatively new book about five years old that has started developing some serious molding that sticks pages together and shows uh, up yellowish spots. Is there anything that can be done to stop the spread? In part, you already answered the question because you first you need to uh, fix the conditions uh, in which the book is stored. Because if, if it started to, 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 to get moldy, uh, this means that something is wrong with the conditions. But then, okay, it, it's already moldy. What do you do next? Besides uh, contacting a book restorer or conservator. There's, there's another reason to, to have these spots, these stains, yeah. which are not related to the environment. And it's the paper. Yeah. If the paper has not a good quality, it will, it will have a bad aging and it will have stains. Yeah. And what you can do is to have right wrapping materials, for instance, or, 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 or the boxes. So whatever is made of a gray board or wood is acidic, and this will increase the speed in which these spots uh, arise. Yeah. So if you use buffered papers, um, conservation boxes, you will diminish a lot uh, how fast you, you have all these spots. Yeah. And I mean, of course, you can remove the spots. You can wash the paper and remove them. But I understand that for a book, it's so much costly that it's not worth the effort. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah it's very true. expensive. So unfortunately, it's not that you cannot do anything because you can. You can remove the stains. You can deacidify and but. It's not worth the effort. So you can work on the conditions and to have the, the right wrapping and storing materials. Yeah, because uh, the, this person, uh, uh, he, he received some com comments uh, like you can use an iron to dry the book and then, then you will be able to use it or I don't know, you can use a ventilator to, to dry it and uh, I was like, oh no, it's, it can be, can be dangerous if you do it at home because uh, when you dry it with ventilator, all these uh, mold spores, they can just go around your apartment and uh, infest in, in like everything or if you dry it with uh, with uh, with an iron, uh, even on the on the lowest uh, uh, heat, uh, you can still damage the paper or something. So yeah, it's. Uh... Well, uh, if you use a, a fan to have the object dried out, if yeah. it's wet, I mean they do that in floats. If you really sometimes it's better <coughs> to work fast and have the object dried faster yeah. rather than wet yeah. uh, because you, you know you will have mold. But if if it's not 
that wet, so soaked in water. Uh, in any case, heat is not recommended. So if you use a fan or a hair dryer, you don't use hot air. Hot air, you yeah. Use, uh, you use temper, I mean, cold yeah. air. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and, and you don't use an iron because you will damage the paper. That's in any case. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Okay, next one uh, question from uh, what is hormones? Often with old books on history and geography, and that's the, the subject we already touched before with the, with the map, uh, with the large folded map. Uh, on history or geography, you find elaborate maps that are bound with the rest of the signatures, often resulting in torn and damaged maps. When rebinding these books, uh, how would you incorporate these maps? And by the way, you showed uh, you showed two books with maps, so you 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 already showed uh, have shown two examples of how how to work with maps. <laughs> and I sh I should add that sometimes uh, folds are made this way so they stick out from the book edge and they start to become uh, uh, torn uh, on the on the outside. Not only not only if the if the uh, map is sewn to the book, but also if it's fold not not in the best way. Uh huh. Yeah, I always try to keep the structure of the book. So if the maps are attached with concertinas or they, or they are soon or whatever, I try to keep that as it was. Because yeah. most of the times, whatever they did, it was because of a reason. Yeah. So that was the, the right way to do it. Because we tend to think that we might want to correct. No, usually they, they had a reason why. <laughs> <laughs> and they were right, and they knew more than you do, because see, see, that's my experience. That sometimes I reproduce structures, and I don't quite understand, and I don't see the point of this and that. But after you do it, you say, ah, so I wouldn't change the structure. But of course, if the fold is done in the wrong way, you you know it, it gets damaged because it goes off the edge. So yeah, yeah you do the, the right folks and that's it. And yeah, I guess a couple questions from me. So I'm not sure if, if how, how good it will be seen, uh, but uh, I, I bought this book uh, some time ago. I, 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 I maybe need to use a, a light to show through it because there are lots of, can you see the holes? <laughs> I, I guess that's, that's, the, that, that, that's a picture you can see quite often. I don't want to fix it really because I, I just I, it was a cheap book I bought it exactly because of all these holes because I I wanted to have an object to show but I I don't see any pests uh, inside of the book I think they left long ago and uh, I don't see any other leftovers like that uh, pests or something only holes but uh, what are the best solutions for uh, keeping books like that in your collection can you can you give some advice Yes what I would do is just only add a, a proper wrapping, like yeah. a conservation box yeah. with a thin board. Yeah. That, which is so simple and costless, yeah. makes the object much more long-lasting because you don't um, provoke abrasion on it. I mean, yeah, preservation, yeah. Is, it has a, an amazing effect. People think that not doing nothing means not doing nothing yeah. but doing nothing most of the time is the best you can do <laughs> okay 
Yeah, that's 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 often mentioned as a, as a good solution. If you if you are unsure what you want to do with the book, make a box for for a book and it will be protected. That's it. <laughs> okay, I guess that's it with the questions. Do you want to to talk about the uh, some of the upcoming courses, maybe courses that were cancelled, cancel courses that are still happening? Some events are cancelled, uh, large events, for example, Bookbinders Fair in St. Nicholas. Uh, that had to be in April was cancelled and uh, we still don't know what's happening uh, with some of the autumn events for example uh, American Guild of Book Workers Standards I, I understand they cancelled their event uh, uh, this November or October or something like that they already cancelled it because uh, the fees are too high and if they wait longer the fees uh, for cancel cancellation fees will be higher than what they have to pay for organizing the whole event and uh, some other events are moving or shifting even even if they are in the in the next year because nobody is sure what's happening so what's what's on your side yeah i yeah i had two courses cancelled as well as i told you yeah but uh well we we will do other courses there is a very popular one about um retouching yeah Healing, and on that we deal with the pulp, the Japanese mending, we use cellulose, and we work a lot as well in catching the textures of cloth or leather for bindings. Oh yeah. So that, that course will be held in June next year, so okay. 2021. Yeah. Uh, there is also... <coughs> Another schedule, I mean, I have in mind, but there is not a date for, yeah. for that, on the conservation of books. Yeah. So I will do that next year as well. And there are other courses that I will announce at the right time, but uh, one of them has to do with Asian book bindings, okay. with third uh, book bindings. And yeah, there will be plenty of courses when we can go out. When we're allowed, again. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, if anyone is interested, uh, they can just subscribe to my newsletter, and I will announce at the right time. Yeah. I will put the links below in the description of this video. Thank you. Okay, I guess uh, that's it. I think we discussed all the topics we wanted to discuss. To get updates about future videos and uh, future guests and uh, other things, you can either subscribe on YouTube to our channel or subscribe to our newsletter on ibookbinding.com. Many thanks to all our supporters, all the community members, uh, people who sent us questions to uh, patrons of ibookbinding on Patreon. Uh, where we share books for free during these uh, months, at least until September. And we are not uh, claiming any pledges from, from our patrons uh, for these months. Uh, unless you are a new patron, then the first pledge will be uh, claimed from, from your credit card, but uh, not, not the future uh, pledges. Our next guest next week is uh, Katya Savelyeva, paper marbler from uh, St. Petersburg. We will talk about marbling, about some... I guess about some beginners things related to marbling and some professional stuff. We also will answer some questions. So if you have any questions, you can ask them in the comments below or send them through any of our social accounts or through email. And if you have any ideas uh, who should be our next guests, uh, you can write about that in the comments below as well. So Rita, who would you recommend uh, uh, to invite as a, as, a, as a future guest of our podcast? Mark Schomer, 
Moji. Yeah. It's a bookbinder and conservator in Budapest, in Hungary. Yeah. He does many workshops teaching other people about bookbinding techniques, so he will probably show you many interesting things. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we met with Mark several years ago and it was it was a really nice meeting and uh, I guess I will invite him a bit later this year. Fantastic. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you for this talk and for, for spending your time with me and showing your uh, studio. That's, that's an amazing studio. I hope I will uh, visit this studio in person <laughs> in the future. Whatever you want and thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. It yeah. was a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks a lot.